Aaron Donnelly. <laughs> this is your life. Hi, mate. How are you? Good. How you doing, man? Good, man. How's the pneumonia? I, now I just have the boogie woogie flu. I'm, <laughs> pneumonia is gone, but I have the boogie woogie flu. So I realized the uh, last time we didn't introduce ourselves. Um, so my name is <laughs> my name is Aaron Donnelly, and this is my co-host. Uh, yeah, I'm Nate Sadler, <laughs> and this is the pickle loaf baloney file. Okay, I was in a bunch of airports the last uh, few days. And there's all these fancy stores like Coach and Bulgari mm-hmm. and all this. And uh, on the outside, there's big pictures of like super serious male models. And they're staring off into the foggy English countryside. And it gave me an idea for um, like Calvin Klein or somebody to do this. It's, you could call it the Oswald White Tea. Okay. You know when Oswald has his uh, all of his photos, he's in like this white t-shirt that's kind of ratty with like a pulled out uh, neckline yeah and and a uh, rifle (laughs) and i also i had a thought that oswald was the has the maybe the most punchable face in all of uh, recent history He, he does it looks like he's always uh just eaten like uh one of those like nuclear sour things like a warhead you know yeah he's just eating a warhead he thinks he's better than you and uh, so I was trying to think of other people, punchable faces, Jay and Cutler. I came up with Jay Cutler. Oh, yeah. So I, I also came up with uh, Jaden Smith, Will Smith's son from the Karate Kid movies. Really? I've never thought of him and... as having a punchable face, but I'll research it. <laughs> and uh, the other one was uh, he, Eddie Redmayne. He played yes. Stephen Hawking. Oh, yeah. Yes. That's a face but, I want to punch. Yeah. But specifically when he does Stephen Hawking, like when he looks up and smiles all crooked and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, it's very. Ooh, we could make a whole podcast out of punchable faces. If, <laughs> if you just give me a week, I'll come up with a list. So yeah, yeah. I'd like to throw my hat in for Jay Cutler on that one, though. So. <laughs> okay, okay. So, um, so Nate, have you seen? We haven't even talked about. Uh, so I don't know what your opinion is on the Oswald uh, on the JFK conspiracy side. So, See, do you, I, what do you think? My right. opinion is toggled back and forth between. Uh, as they say, sheep-dipped patsy, which is a CIA <laughs> term, which I think is that hilarious. Is. So I just like to say sheep-dipped patsy because I don't know what it means. <laughs> I mean, look at the guy. Look at all the things he's done throughout his life. It's, I mean, yeah, it's a slam dunk. He did it. What, what, how do yeah. you feel about the whole thing? I am a pretty ardent um, lone gunman. Uh, I, I don't believe in conspiracies as, as a, pretty much as a rule. And especially on this one, and I, I dug a lot into it. So I, I really believe that it was Lee Harvey, but I totally get why people think that it was other things. Um, and so we can get into that, but I totally understand that mindset. But it's just at the end of the day, it was totally Lee Harvey Oswald, in my opinion. Okay. Um, yeah. So have you seen JFK recently, the movie at all? Uh, if you mean recently, uh by uh, sophomore year high school Mr. <laughs> Rostex class, then yes, I've seen oh, yeah. it recently. Uh, <laughs> all I remember from JFK the movie is uh, two things. Uh, yeah. uh, Kevin Costner tries way too hard with that accent, as he does yeah. in every movie. And yeah. uh, also, uh, John Candy really weirded me out with that character <laughs> he played. I can't re- recall what the name of his character was, but... Uh, yeah, he was a lawyer. Yeah, the uh, the one thing I really remember was um, oh, Kevin Bacon's uh, role. 
he was sort of a gay prostitute yeah, or something right. that yeah. Garrison visits in prison. Yeah. And there was one line that I remember that we repeated a lot, which Nathan Leek always wanted me to say it. Uh, You're not a bad looking man, Mr. Garrison. Yeah, <laughs> I remember. That was, a, that was a line in our arsenal back in the day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember. So, um, so, you know, you watch GFK and it has like <clears> – <throat> It has like the factual integrity of a pile of my uncle Denny's underwear, but it's like super entertaining and it's really well done. And so it's, I love the movie, but I just, I just, yeah. I can't believe anything about it. Like uh, even Oliver, that Oliver Stone never cared much for facts. It doesn't seem like so. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. But one thing I did do though, it, um, cause when it came out, it, it got Congress to pass a law to release all of the documents yeah. in 25 years. And so that date came up and like, November of 2017 and then it got pushed again until April or some were released in November and then April was supposed to be the big release but then in April President Trump said that uh, because of matters of national security they needed like three more years I forgot about that yeah he was uh, everybody was excited because they thought they were going to get some of the some juicy details and then that kind of petered out but I have a yeah. fun fact for you, and you're going to love it. What do you this. got? Do you know who is the first person to show the Zapruder film on TV? Who, who? Oh, I do know this. You, <laughs> it was Geraldo. It was Geraldo, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, way yeah. before uh, he failed with Al Capone's vault. He, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, and I, I wonder, so the Congress came, that was like in the mid-70s, 74, I think, Geraldo did that. Yeah, and it was, was mid-late like, 70s, uh, yeah. Yeah, so that was a big deal because no one had even seen the live video before. And so I think that kicked up the conspiracy talk again. Yeah. Um, Have you ever seen the actual video of Geraldo showing it? The, uh, maybe. I can't remember. His, first of all, his mustache is glorious in that video. It's <laughs> worth it just to watch that thing wiggle up and down. Um, yeah. But the crowd like is gasping and like uh oh yeah they're yeah. really uh there's a they're very incredulous of what they're seeing you can hear the gasps in the crowd it's right. it's kind of weird but anyway yeah yeah it's a real public moment um okay so oswald um just to, i'm just going to give some backstory on oswald here just because i think it's really important for people to understand uh kind of the person that he was and so oswald his dad died two months before he was born his mother uh, was named Marguerite, and uh, she was like a real piece of work. Like to understand Oswald is to understand his mother and the way she was towards him. She put him in an orphanage yeah, and, until he was about four or something. This was before she got remarried, right? There was a time before yeah. she got remarried where she'd put Oswald and the brother in, a, yeah, in an orphanage. Right. And then so she got him out. They um, they moved to New York for a little while. She he, There was an incident there where Oswald like pulled a knife on his uh, uh, one of his like stepsisters or, or yep. sister-in-law or somebody. Um, and so then they came back to New Orleans. So um, let me so, tell you one it, really strange thing about his time in New York. The the main yeah. thing that stuck out was it said that he spent just day after day after day just riding the subway places by himself have you ever heard this oh no uh-uh. you know 
if you're if you're gonna try and go against that angry loner thing, that's really not helping your case too much. <laughs> he had like this. If someone's gonna be an assassin, he had the whole kit yes, going for him. He did. He had it all. Um, and there's sometimes have you ever? I sometimes run across people. There's you know guys that are like so socially awkward that there's just no way that they'll ever really blend in. And I've noticed mm-hmm. that they always have like a higher than average uh, amount of oil in their hair. And uh, so, <laughs> okay. So anyway, I befriended have you tested this, this theory. <laughs> I uh, befriended this one guy that was like that at my old work one time. And uh-huh. this was like in uh, about 2002. And I go, Hey man, Hey, do you ever go to move? I, I was trying to be like, be nice. I was like, Hey, do you ever go out to movies? Maybe you want to get a movie? I go, he's like, sometimes I go, well, what's the last one you've seen? And he looks at me and goes, uh, Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, uh, uh, okay, man, see you later. Maybe he meant the, the 3D re-release from the <laughs> yeah, 90s. I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Um, he, so he, he won't need a bigger boat. <laughs> He'll no. be alone. Yeah. So uh, Marguerite Oswald, um, have you seen a picture of her? I have, yeah. Yeah. She looks like my Aunt Geraldine, um, who once got a speeding ticket for going under 40 on the interstate. And she would always give uh, me and my Did brother. Did they give you a refund for that or what? <laughs> I don't know. She always would give me and Matt um, for Christmas. She she would uh, like macrame a pencil holder, like a Cubs pencil holder, and then also a jar of green olives. That's called synergy right there. Those two things. <laughs> like, like a hand in a glove. She made a mean deviled egg. I'll give her Wait, that. But, but hang on. Wouldn't the, the pencil slip through the macrame pencil holder? Well, it was like it had this super hard plastic inside. You could like wedge, barely wedge one pencil okay. in, into it. It was way more hassle than just carrying so the it, pencil. So it was more of a pencil sheath, <laughs> like a scabbard <laughs> yeah. for a sword. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think it's part of the school, the, the, uh, assassin's toolkit. Yes, <laughs> you got one yes. of those at one point in your life. Um, okay. So she was super controlling and demeaning, uh, towards Oswald. And even like after when he got arrested, she, she called the newspaper for a ride, um, uh, to down to the jail or whatever. And she was just talking the whole time about how, great now uh, oswald's wife is going to get all the attention and she's not going to get any attention like she was uh, it's totally she's totally bizarre um yeah she told the boys uh she told the boys growing up that uh they were a burden right uh, i've seen interviews with oswald's brother where he says over and over the mother would just say you're such a burden to me you're a burden i mean yeah that's, that's not good no it's yeah it's not helpful um so the when he was in New York, because he was a truant, uh, they had a psychologist sort of talk to him, and they the guy described about how he lived in a fantasy world the entire time, believing he was a martyr and going to like make history. He always yep. talked about how he was going to make history. Um, he, he had delusions of grandeur, as they say. Right. Yeah. He, he always thought more of himself than he actually was. Yeah. So um, they go back to New Orleans. Uh, he drops out of school at 17. He joins the Marines because his brother joined and to get into the Marine, when they was in, into the Marines, they gave him a shooting test. And he actually like the one thing he was good at, I think that's important to know is like 
was shooting. Shooting a rifle was like the one thing that he was good at. And so it, it, that kind of feeds into this all making sense as to how he tried to make his mark. Yeah, um, see, uh, you know, according to that certificate that everybody's seen, he was like a marksman grade yeah. um, sharpshooter. But then there's right. people say that was falsified. To, you know, there's there's two there's always another side with the conspiracy people. But right. what what I believe and from everything I've heard, he was an excellent shot. Right. Yep. And not only that, but they always talk about too the amount of time it took to shoot those three shots was like eight point something seconds. Yep. Um, when he was in New Orleans, uh, Marina, his wife, would later say that for hours, for hours and hours, he'd sit on the porch and dry fire that rifle, and just practice using that bolt. Like he was, that's like he was obsessed with doing that, and so he got really good and really fast at it. And he was a good shot anyway. Um, so he joins the Marines. He gets like dishonorably discharged because of some incident. Um, oh, he was so he was dishonorably discharged. I thought he was honorably discharged. Well, he got so the story goes that he was cleaning his uh, something out like his uh, footlocker. He put it on his bed, and when he the, put it the on store there, or his footlocker, <laughs> his footlocker. He put it on his bunk. What are you doing, soldier? You're not <laughs> supposed to be working in footlocker. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a yeah. Pardon or impardonable offense. So when he put it on his bed, he had a hand loaded handgun in it that you're not supposed to have. It bounced out. It shot him in the arm. And so now he's bleeding and everybody comes running over. And so they, they give him, he gets in trouble for that. And then he comes back that night or something drunk and wanting to pick a fight with the sergeant. And so then, oh, that he gets, I, yeah, that I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. So then he gets in more trouble and he eventually, he spent, he, he spent some time in uh, Japan and right. said he, uh, monitored uh, the U2 program and all I pictured was Oswald <laughs> watching like an old Zenith TV watching like uh, early 80s U2 videos like uh, Sunday I, Bloody Sunday I, I will follow you know, I don't want to watch Bono anymore <laughs> uh, do you ever listen to Adam Carolla he, he has really I, I do yeah yeah, because yep. he always talks about U2, and he does. He goes, "This is every U2 song." He's like, "Are you ready?" And he goes, "Bucka bucka 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 bucka." And he goes, "It's that same." The Edge has that same sort of riff that he does in every song. Yeah, actually, I've I've seen a lot of interviews with the Edge, and the Edge has the stupidest idea of playing guitar. He goes, "It's the notes you don't play that are important." That's what crappy guitar players say. Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, he gets out. He goes. He start makes. He start. He starts making plans to go to the Soviet Union, and somehow he gets to the Soviet Union. That's a little bit of a mystery how he got the money to get there. Um, that's but, yeah. That's if you if you want to put marks on the side of conspiracy. Yeah. He stayed, and they said you know like the finest hotels. Um, all through the whole trip they said basically he had no money like he barely right. had a penny to his name how did he stay in these different places in europe and they right. said you know it was convenient you know awfully convenient air quotes which are good on a podcast uh <laughs> where he stayed in finland which was an easy border to cross uh into the yes USSR, so. yes that's right and then when he got there the soviet union like didn't really want him like everybody else he keeps get, he continues to get rejected everywhere but he got rejected there and then he slashed his wrist as a attempted suicide, which was probably just to get attention. And then they said, "Okay, well, we'll let you stay." And they gave him a job in the town of Minsk. 
um I laughed when I heard that one too, Aaron. <laughs> it's a it's a, it's an it's erotic lovers. <laughs> yeah. What's uh, from Seinfeld? A strange erotic journey from Milan to Yes. Mexico. Yes. That's exactly Michelle what I thought Michelle. of. Yeah. So he goes there, he falls in love with a girl and he proposes to, but she rejects him. And then as a rebound, he starts going out with another girl who eventually marries. Her name is Marina Moskova. And they date for six weeks, and then they get married. So I think what he did was he found he felt rejected and then went after the prettiest girl he could possibly get, and that was Marina, because she was pretty, pretty cute back in the day. Um, and so they had a, a baby girl, and they moved back to Dallas um, after that. When did they did they go from uh, did they go from Minsk to New Orleans or to Dallas first? A strange erotic journey from Minsk to New Orleans. To New Orleans. I, I think they went to Dallas first, and then he moved her down to New Orleans. He went down to New Orleans to find a job. He moved her down there, and then they, and then she left him and moved back to Dallas, and that's where she was living. When the assassination happened, she was living with a lady that took her in named Ruth Payne. Yep. Um, and so that's that's how that went. But so um, he in in sixty three in New Orleans, he gets he starts this fair play for Cuba committee where where he is the only member, and he hands out flyers. So I think this is maybe where Kennedy gets on his radar because. Uh, Lee Harvey was supportive of Castro's Cuba and Kennedy was you know, obviously against them. And the Bay of Pigs had just happened the year before. Um, and I even, I heard that, uh, I think it was one of the recently released files that the CIA had a theory that, that around this time, Lee Harvey had read an article talking about how Kennedy was trying to kill Castro. Yes. And so that they think sparked this whole conversation of him hating Kennedy. Um, because I don't know if it was public knowledge at the time that we were trying to actually kill Castro. See, so much... his whole time in New Orleans is a little murky to me because one of the stories I read was that where, where this office was of this fair play for Cuba was right. on the same street as like the, like the U.S. Naval Intelligence and um, a CIA had a branch right on that same – like. There's like right. four or five uh, branches of, uh, you know, intelligence on that same street. It, right. You know, if I'm fair play for Cuba, that's probably not a, a great location for me. But yeah, so that is the like the genesis of the movie JFK, because that is where uh, Jim Garrison got his whole concept of this conspiracy in New Orleans is because when Lee Harvey Oswald was handing out these flyers, he stamped an address on it. That was 544 Park Street. That is that building that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. And in that same building was um, uh, Guy Bannister. He was a he, he was a private detective, but he was a former FBI guy. And David Ferry, who was a crazy guy with I was it's, it's who Joe Pesci was in the movie. Uh, was around that office a lot too. If you're um, going the conspiracy route. Uh, people really need to research David Ferry. He's yeah. He's the one with a lot of kind of questionable history and connections. He's he's one that is definitely on that conspiracy side of the fence. He's one that bears more research. And I heard that he used uh, pubic hairs uh, for eyebrows. Was the interesting thing? Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, 
<laughs> so he had a bunch of mice in his apartment and studied cancer, apparently. Um, there was this whole offshoot of this. I spent like an hour yesterday while I was working on spreadsheets listening to this lady who claims that she had a torrid love affair with Lee Harvey Oswald. Yes. Was it was it like an interview show and the lady was yeah. close to the camera? Yeah. Did she have black hair and glasses? Yeah, yeah. I watched the same video yesterday. <laughs> and I one of the main proofs that she has is that she possesses has in her possession the shower shoes of Lee Harvey Oswald. That's it. <laughs> your honor i present to you the shower shoes of lee harvey oswald so she's are they are they bloodstained so i think they're just they might have some athlete's foot but uh she claims that um she was working on a cancer research and date with david ferry on mice and oswald was involved they're trying to shoot up castro with cancer and actually kill Castro by injecting him with cancer. It's this crazy story. But you know what the weird thing is? Like, Here's the thing about this stuff is that I know that's absolutely absurd. But as I listen to her for an hour, I'm like, yeah, she makes some really good points. I know. I started because it started and I'm like, oh, boy. And then <laughs> like with all these videos, I start kind of buying into the story a little bit more. But yeah, it just seemed a little far-fetched and a little rehearsed and – yeah, and that yep. he he secretly didn't love Marina. He loved her and all that stuff. Yeah. And that he yeah. was a good man, and that yes. he actually had saved Kennedy before from assassination. Yes, yeah, he loved Kennedy according to her. And he was a patriot. And her book is called Me and Lee. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, so I bet uh, that's a hot seller. Yeah, I think it's got like five hundred reviews on Amazon. Um, so anyway. Uh, one thing I think that's really important, the one book that I, that I really follow and I think is sort of a monumental book is called Case Closed. And it's, uh, it really is, it stands for the lone gunman theory. And he really dives deep into Oswald and his life in it. And he debunks all of these conspiracy theories in it. So that's, that's a really good one. Um, so one thing that he really pushes, he goes, people don't talk about this, but <clears throat> Oswald attempted to assassinate uh, a general only yes, seven months earlier. So the yep. guy's name was Edwin Walker. He was like a racist, uh, you know, totally uh, right wing uh, general and likely closet homosexual. I found out because he was arrested in the seventies for soliciting, I think. Um, but anyway, so Oswald took a shot at him earlier and uh, missed. And, and he thought that was going to be his claim to fame was killing this general guy. Um, so that's kind of important to show Oswald's mindset. And then Do you, I'm a little thrown by the fact that he missed him though, you right. know, yeah. for, for a crack shot, you know, expert military marksman. And then, yeah. you know, a few months later, you know, a couple kill shots within a few seconds. Right. I don't know. There's, it's just something that's odd. Yeah, it does seem weird. Um, it just I think there is a lot of proof to it, though. The, the, I guess the conspiracy side of that is that witnesses saw two cars drive away after gunshots were heard. And so that's where they say it wasn't even Oswald at all. Um, so there's always a conspiracy angle to these things. But that was that one. Um, OK, so 
Oswald gets a job working at the Texas, actually before that. And I think one of the most interesting and unknown parts of this whole story is Oswald goes to Mexico city um, for about a week, uh, 20 days before the assassination. And he goes down there and he tries to talk to uh, the Cuban embassy to get a passport to let him go through Cuba to go to Russia. And he also goes to the Russian embassy and both of them like shut him down basically. Um, But there is a woman there who claims that she had an affair with Oswald during that time and that they were at a party and the whole, everybody at the party was talking about uh, killing Kennedy. Okay. Oswald at a party, huh? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine a Mexico city party in 1963 with Oswald. Yeah. Uh, Hey, all you angry loners. So, um, Okay, so he's up in the uh, he's in the book uh, Texas School Book Depository. Kennedy was coming to Dallas. He came to Dallas in the first place because election there's going to be an election near the following year, and there were some p- very big pockets of Texas that were still not for him. He needed to carry Texas to win, um, and so but in Dallas there were already like uh, a lot of talk of people hating him there, mm-hmm. but but he decided to go anyway. Is they're driving down, they take and they. I don't, I've, I've always wanted to go to Dealey Plaza. What I understand is that it's a very small area. Um, and so they, well, they tur- said his normal security detail had not kind of checked out the route and the locations, right? Which, again, strange, you know? yeah, yeah. And there were hundreds of windows open as they passed down the route. So they turned back, they turned by the Texas School Book Depository. There's one shot that, that, goes off oswald misses the first shot it hits a piece of uh uh, concrete or like a buffer and that piece of concrete sprays up and hits a guy on the cheek like way down far away on the overpass the next shot actually goes through the neck of jfk and into the shoulder of Connolly ahead of him and this is the magic bullet shot yeah uh, that they talk about but the one thing that really debunks the magic bullet theory have you ever seen the in, the infomercial for the magic bullet, the mini <laughs> every, every time I see that infomercial, I'm like, come on now. I'm like, are we that far removed? Just, All right. Okay. It's like that uh, blow up uh, thing. That's the, it's a bouncy house, but it's the Titanic. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I saw that at a company party. And I was like, wow, like, too, like too soon, man, too soon. <laughs> so, um, so the magic bullet theory is predicated on this bullet that, you know, in JFK, they talk about how it switches, it switches uh, directions in midair. But really what, what happened was Connolly was sitting in front of JFK, but he was in a, a jumper seat. It was a fold down seat. It wasn't a normal seat. So he was lower and off to the side. And when you arrange those as they actually were sitting, the bullet goes directly through JFK and into the spot where it hit Connolly. There's no magic bullet there. That I have not heard before. Yeah. The the thing that really got me on this whole JFK thing way back in 2003, it was the 40th anniversary, and Peter Jennings did a documentary. They recreated by via computer all of the layout of the entire Dealey Plaza, and they overlaid the Zapruder film on top of that layout, and then they recreated the gunshots. And if you draw, you can draw a straight laser line from Connolly's back to JFK's throat, and the laser line, if you follow it up, goes right up to the window of the school book depository. 
And that's the only place that that bullet could have been shot from. And to me, that was like, oh, that's, you know, it's scientifically proven that it had to come from there. The only, the only counter I'd have to that is, have you ever seen the video of Dan Rather from around that time where he apparently had seen the Zapruder film, the unedited Zapruder film? Ah, yes. And uh, the, when he motions with his body, the, the way that Kennedy's body went that he viewed in the Zapruder film it's different than what actually happens in the Zapruder film. Really? So you think there's another Zapruder? Well, there's people that think it's been edited, which right. I don't know what kind of, you know, Photoshop type things they had back in the right. <laughs> early 60s. Right. But that's just something that kind of flies in the face of that. That's the only thing I got against it. But yeah, yeah. The uh... can't trust that Dan Rather. <laughs> and then the... Uh... So that's the second shot. The third shot is the one that takes off, basically explodes his skull. Um, The whole back and to the left thing too. Have you seen, there's a, if you look, if you watch it frame by frame, there's one frame where his head moves slightly forward before it goes back. Yeah. So, and then they've done that with like watermelons, like they shoot watermelons and, and the watermelon actually shoots back because the projectile pushes it back. Mm-hmm. So there's a science behind that. So I never really bought into the whole back and the left thing anyway, either. Um, I, I think here's my theory on this. I think that what happened was there were F- CIA or FBI guys. Uh, Hosty agent Hosty was following Oswald and tracking Oswald before JFK came to Dallas, and then all of a sudden this the JFK gets shot, and everybody's freaking out. And then there's this moment where this, the FBI is like, we need to cover our butts because, like, we're all going down if we knew yep. if we knew about this guy. And then this happened. So I think that it's come out that there was not a conspiracy, but sort of a cover your butt type of thing where they they destroyed some documents they had on Oswald, and they also didn't communicate very well with the Warren Commission and the CIA. And so that all started just a lot of conspiracy talk that really is about nothing. You and I are on the same page as far as that goes. I'm my part where I think there's a conspiracy is maybe on the Jack Ruby side of it. Like okay. they had a lot of dirt on Jack Ruby and they, you know, made him do the dirty work. Yeah. You know, I, that's just kind of where I fall. Like, like Oswald is the perfect guy to do this. I mean, if you right. just look at all the evidence, but I don't, it just seemed awfully convenient, you know, the way it kind of wrapped up and yeah, I do yeah. feel like the CIA had loose ends and this was just a kind of clean way for them to wrap it up. And Ruby said from prison multiple times, nobody will ever know the true story. And they probably had something on him or they threatened his family, whatever kind of family he had. And I don't mm-hmm. know. He definitely was a weird guy. Um, he ran a couple of strip clubs, um, in unsuccessful the... strip clubs. <laughs> yeah, That's right. the part that made me laugh. I'm like, <laughs> Now, okay, there's a lot of businesses that are like cyclical or they have to do with the economy. Yeah. How do you fail at having a strip club. How do you I know, how do you not just keep the doors open somehow? I mean, what's it take? It can't take much. Um, so the one thing about Ruby that uh, I'll at least say that uh, the book Case Closed talks about it says that there's here's the reason why Ruby wasn't part of a conspiracy and they talk about the timeline and we actually know the timeline of Ruby that day. So um, the Ruby was there actually in the police department the night before, all day Saturday and all night Saturday. He sort of liked to hang out with cops. He was a groupie. Yeah. 
Um, they announced at midnight. They came out and said, all right, everybody go home. We're going to bring them out. Come here by 10 tomorrow, and you won't miss anything. We're going to bring them out. And so at 10 o'clock, Ruby is still in his apartment sleeping. He gets a call from one of his strippers. He had closed his strip club on the Friday in honor of JFK. And the stripper says, I, don't, I can't pay my rent. I need you to some wire me some money. So Ruby gets up. He sits there and watches TV in his underwear. And uh, some people say, they, <laughs> is that important to the story? <laughs> I like people, the visual, but yeah. <laughs> some people say uh, they even saw him swimming. He gets down to the Western Union, uh, which is by the police department. And he's there. And we actually know the exact time that he was there because they stamped his. That's thing. right. That's so, right. Yeah. Right. So they stamped it at 1117. And Ruby walks out. He's got his dogs in his car and he looks down the street and he sees all this commotion. So he walks towards the police and he goes, oh, yeah. He thinks, oh, yeah, they're going to bring Oswald up. You know, so he walks. He keeps walking and walks straight down into the parking garage. They bring Oswald out at 1120. I mean, that's like three minutes. Oswald walks out. Ruby lunges forward and shoots him. I mean, if you were going to plan to shoot him, there is no way that you would do that timeline. You, that wouldn't be your day. That wouldn't be your morning. He was just like a blowhard, like a, he thought he was doing everybody a favor. He thought he was, he became obsessed with uh, feeling bad for Jackie Kennedy. He thought that he was doing the world a favor by shooting yeah, this guy. I've heard a lot about how he just said to everybody, they shot my president. They shot my president right. to, to everyone he knew. So, yeah. So anyway, that's, that's kind of how that story is covered, at least in that book. Um, I didn't. We don't. I don't want to put this in the podcast, but I heard a lot. I, I heard a lot how Ruby used to uh, masturbate his dogs. Have you heard this? No, I have not. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that's apparently a well-known fact. That's what he was known for. <laughs> he was best at. Huh. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> so uh, anyway, um, I also think I, I think that Trump. Here's my other thing about this is I think if there's anything that was there that would have like detracted from the news story of Trump and Russia or anything and Trump knew about it, he would totally release all that information and cause a storm about it. Is that what he's is that what he's holding it for? No, he's holding it because he said it was a matter of national security as to why he's holding back some stuff. Now, I just think. That there are still maybe some operatives' families that are out there that have the names are in the documents, or maybe that's true. Yeah, or it's possible George, you hear George W. or George H. W. Bush was involved somehow. Have you heard that or one? Te- or the cons- the conspiracy about was it Ted Cruz's dad somehow being involved? Or right. Anything? Yeah, he brought that one up because there was a guy that looked like Ted Cruz's dad with Oswald or something. Um, a guy that looked like Ted Cruz's. I think dad? that's the story. Yeah. Yeah. And this made me think, you know, that all that business about uh, if you go back in time and stop someone or kill someone as an infant. It's called the, the butterfly effect. Yeah. Yeah. And people, always, you talk about Oswald and actually uh, Stephen King wrote a book about doing that with Oswald. And uh, but you always think about Hitler, like everybody would say, would you go back and kill Hitler as a child? And. I thought, well, what if you could befriend Hitler as a you child? You mean if I, if when I was a child, would I as a child go back and? <laughs> no. no, you go back now and show love and kindness to a Hitler or an Oswald, and uh, maybe you can steer them the right way. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's an interesting theory. I mean, 
I think a lot of it is your product of your upbringing, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. And Oswald did have a very rough childhood. I mean, right. He did. Yeah. I I, I kind of wonder like. I started brainstorming about the Hitler thing and I thought, well, maybe the entire activity of future humans is going back in time and trying to stop Hitler by being kind to him and seeing who can make him the best person that they can make. <laughs> and maybe the best you could do is like an insurance adjuster that hits his wife. And like, that's the world. And then they go back and reset it. Uh, just a, just a petty criminal, just <laughs> yeah. a little, just a little racketeering and a, yeah. a couple uh driving while intoxicated but nothing real bad yeah yeah so anyway that was some thoughts i had on that um that's kind of all i got you know i i you know what interests me i think is the reason why people believe in conspiracy theories and you know there's confirmation bias which is if you already want to believe it you'll find things to believe you know and uh and then there's a, if you, uh, if you already believe that maybe the world is kind of out to get you, that you're going to be naturally geared towards believing conspiracy theories anyway. Um, so I anyway. think if you're, if you're bent towards mistrust, then you're, you're an open, you're, all the doors are open for that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm sure we both know people that believe in those conspiracies. So, yeah. Yeah. Did you see the one about, this is one that almost got me. And it was, um, there's a movie about it, I think, but they basically say that all the CIA agents got drunk the night before. And so they were kind of hung over. So they put a new, one of the new guys in one of the cars behind Kennedy. And the first shot rings out that Oswald does. The guy hears it. He bends down. They have an AR-15 on the floor of the car. He bends down and he picks it up and he and he releases the safety, and then the car speeds up all of a sudden. Because and he shoots happened. Kennedy multiple times. Yes, and he shoots Kennedy in the head, and it's an accident. Okay. That, there's like all kinds of uh, you know people talking. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> I know. Sorry, but, everybody. Yeah, but then that that's that show that would show a conspiracy that wasn't really a conspiracy. It was just like people covering up for it afterwards. Like the CIA didn't want to. Or the Secret Service covered up for it. it. But then I thought, you know, there's people like the gun nuzzle was four inches from the guy in front of him's head. And the guy didn't react when a gun went off like in your car. And there's no yeah. way that happened. So anyway, this is another theory. But yeah, it's interesting to entertain. I, You know, I'll entertain anything. But, <laughs> you, will? you know, you got to say like the most, you know, the simplest answer is probably the, the correct one. Right. That's kind of what I always default back to. So yeah. unless I have something compelling, if, if there's some of these ideas that are a little more compelling, I might find videos on them or research them a little more. But there's just nothing that's that concrete enough to right. to hold on to. But. Well, it's been 55 years and there is not one single piece of evidence that it was anything but Oswald. And that's pretty significant when you think about how many people would have had to have been involved. There's nothing that's concrete that says it wasn't Oswald. And so, and plus we didn't even get to the part where he shot the cop. Um, Yeah. There's some stuff with that one too. But then again, I mean, if you just take the story at face value, I mean, it, it makes sense, but there's some stuff with the Texas theater. That's a little weird, you know, like them calling 10 squad cars because of, a guy snuck in the theater. Right. Didn't pay his ticket. Yeah. Kind of weird. Yeah. And there's two weird. arrest records at the same time. Yeah. At the Texas theater. And these witnesses saw one guy go out the front and one guy go out the back. Yeah. 
I don't know. It's just weird. But. So, so one last question for you, Nate. Um, who would win in a fight, Lee Harvey Oswald or our friend Jay? Ooh. Because uh, <laughs> they're like the exact same size, I think. They are, yeah. Um, <laughs> Maybe it was Jay. Jay. Yeah. I'm going to go Jay. I know yeah. Lee Harvey's got that, that rifle, and he's got the uh, – the resting bitch face, but I'm going to go. Jay looks like he's got a little scrap in him. He's got a little scrap. Yeah. He's got a little scurry to him. So, all right, man. Well, good, good talk, talk to you, Nate. I'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. See you.